0: Let's get our next guest on the line. Jamie Marais has launched his first book. It's called Determination. Adventure athlete, author, and speaker as well. Joins us now. Jamie, good talking to you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Good evening, John, and to all the listeners, greetings from the southernmost tip of Africa, Cape Gallus. Are you really at Cape Gallus? I'm sitting at the so beach, jealous. passing my car, recently kids at home, noise, <laughs> music, brides, and I needed a quiet <laughs> spot, so I'm literally looking out over the beautiful ocean. Ah, oh, it's just Absolutely
0: epic, here, yeah. And you're allowed on the beach at the Gullis, right? We are. Okay, yeah, just, absolutely just yeah. making sure that you're following. That is, that is, there are some horrible parts of the world that is not one of them.
1: No, it's absolutely, the place to recharge your batteries yes. after a long and tiring, yeah, I'll tell you that much.
0: What does an adventure athlete, ultra-endurance adventure athlete at that do when he has to stay at home for six months?
1: Sure. Man, you know what? Lots of running in the garden, um, and finishing my book. You know, I mean, this book, determination. It's, it's it's my autobiography. I mean, I've been working on it for about four years, hmm. and um, I mean, I eventually just knuckled down and got it done during lockdown. So, I mean, lockdown was was tough, but I mean, it brought a lot of blessings as well. And I think, you know, it's it's all about training your mind to to look for the silver lining and to actually see it in every circumstance and situation. So, for me, lockdown. Uh, was a blessing because it enabled me to finally bring out this long-awaited book, mm. uh, Determination, which is all about the life-changing power of sports.
0: How old are you, Jamie?
1: I am a whopping 44 years old. And I'm thinking oh, okay. about that song you're playing, Coast Busters. In 1984. <laughs> I was I was 10 years old. And it was one year later that I put on Top Sports. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was watching full Liggett's commentary of the 1988 uh, Tour de France, yeah. well, way back then, and and um, that was kind of when I when I started cycling, you know. Um, so, you know, this 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 whole sort of relationship with Phil Liggett and his endorsements um, and and forward that he wrote for my book was mm. was born out of um, you know him inspiring me to start cycling at the age of eleven. So yeah, very interesting.
0: Yeah, we used to only get highlights of the Tour de France then. It was like late at night, if I remember as well, right?
1: Yeah. Well, this this particular top sport. Um, package And I'm trying to remember Who the presenter was But it probably Gerald Tocock He's also been around there, David sat- Sant- Yeah exactly But it was on a Saturday afternoon And I- I'll never forget Just being so inspired By Paul Liggett's uh, Passionate commentary At the Tour de France And you know I-, I entered some Pretty dark years In my teens And got horribly Caught up in In the world of drugs And, and it was Largely You know Paul Liggett's uh, Passionate commentary At the Tour de France That mm. inspired me to get out of drugs, turn my life around and and sort of get on the straight and narrow and start cycling again uh, at the age of 20. And, um, you know, I had the privilege of meeting him many years later in 2010 and I actually went up to him and said, Phil, you will never know this, but it was your passionate commentary of the 1988 Tour de France that inspired me to stop taking drugs and to start cycling again. And, um, you know, now 2020... He's written a full word for my book. So it's just it's incredible.
0: Uh, and he's, yeah, I don't mean name drop, but he's such a nice guy as well. You know, you always imagine oh. Phil Liggett to be this uh, little off-standy, you know, he's, he's the voice of cycling. But when you meet him, he, he almost remembers you every time.
1: Yeah, he's fantastic. And and it's so interesting how our lives have actually aligned, mm-hmm. um, you know, with without even putting in effort because, um, you know, a couple of months ago, in fact, during lockdown, I came up with this crazy idea of approaching a Big Five game reserve called Kariega in the Eastern Cape, uh, with this idea of riding my mountain bike up and down the climb for 36 hours in the Big Five game reserves, yes. and you know to raise uh, support for the anti-poaching unit. And unbeknownst to me, Phil Leggett and his wife Trish are patrons for helping rhinos globally. Um, you know, Phil's very involved and very passionate about rhino conservation and you know, our lives just seemed to be, you know, intertwined the whole time and he ended up narrating this beautiful mini documentary which became the promotional video for Jamie Rides for Rhinos, as we called it. And you know, we ended up um we ended up raising almost half a million rand for the anti poaching units and the families affected by COVID in the area in the Eastern Cape at Caruka. And um that kind of coincided with, you know, obviously the, 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 the completion of my book, so yeah he's just an incredible guy
0: Uh, that was when we spoke to you last you were you were going to do that ride right
1: that's right yeah that's right so we were going into it and and yeah so became the first person to ride 36 hours in in a big five game reserve um i covered about 350 very scary kilometers um especially (laughs) through the night with um just under was about nine and a half thousand meters of vertical ascent and um yeah, it was hectic. It was it was crazy, but all for a great cause. And, and again, it shows you. You know, if you look for the silver lining, my wife always says, you know, if you look for if you look for dirt, you'll find dirt. If you look for gold, you'll find the gold in people. And uh, I think just with again with COVID, you know, there's always that silver lining. So, yeah.
0: yeah. my guest is Jamie Murray. Continue talking with him in a moment. His new book is called Determination. Uh, I found an interesting website where they've asked him ten questions. I'm going to ask you question number two, Jamie. If you remember what that is, I'm going to ask you that next. Sport tracks
1: on SMM with John Kerrigan. With John
0: John, John uh, my guest is Jamie Murrell. He's an adventure athlete, author, and speaker as well. Became the first person to speed climb Table Mountain, not once. Twenty two times in twenty eight hours over two days. Jamie, I've, I found an in interview you did with Cape Town Magazine.com. Uh, question number ten They ask which well known South African personality would you, without a doubt, be able to beat in a dance off and why? You say Barry Hilton, <laughs> and it says the dance would probably resemble a wild ostrich combined with a headless chicken. I love that. Line. <laughs> But I want to no. ask you number two. Tell us about what what their question was. Your most vivid childhood memories, memory? Tell us about this horse saga.
1: Yes, uh, well, I can't remember what I answered then, but um, I think I mean there's a few that come to mind that I do, I do mention in the book because they were pretty much defining moments. But the one very vivid memory is being chased by lions in a sure. in a game reserve. Uh, my dad's friend uh, had a, a game reserve. I think Kithiri, and... Uh, We went for a cruise, you know, the the, the naughty teenagers to go and smoke camel lights on the sly. And uh, the blooming jeep broke down, you know. And um, we ended up having to walk back, uh, as the sun was setting, probably five kilometers through the bush. And, um, you know, at one stage, uh, you know, my dad's mate, whose nickname was Viking, because he ate and drank like a Viking, (laughs) Uh, his son, who was hell of a naughty, I mean, he just said, listen, guys... um, just listen, and we, we heard these lines, but really not far away. And um, these billing lines started, um, you know, they picked up our scent, and, I mean, this guy going up in the bush, and he just said, listen, I'm sorry to say it, but these lines are on us. Mm. And, uh, you know, eventually we... And the problem was I didn't have flipping shoes on. So these thorns, these these devil thorns are going into my feet the whole time, and every few paces I was having to stop and pull out these thorns. And I'll never forget... Um, just before we reached the farm, the safety of the farm, mm. this this uh, mate of, of, of my dad and son fired off a few, a few shots in the air with his 38 and just said, Bassopi, call me loose. And I promise you, I took off, swords and all, across the little <laughs> airfield, just headed for the hills. But, but I think that was, uh, you know, most of the childhood memories
0: uh, seem to um,
1: in, in, involve adrenaline of some sort, you know, I will say that. So. <laughs> uh,
0: let's talk about the running and. and you, you, you said you started cycling. Cycling is the thing, and you've just done that now. When, when did the running get involved?
1: I started running, trail running, specifically in 2010 after a very dear friend of mine died in a project ex, uh, accident. And he was chairman of this company uh, that I work for as group marketing director. And, um, you know, the, basically after his death, uh, you know, the family decided to pretty much consolidate uh, the business and, and we were all sort of made redundant, you know, the whole, uh, board of directors, um, you know, and that, I don't know if you remember 2009 and 10, I mean, you know, it was global economic recession. Nobody's wanting to burden the balance sheet with, um, you know, executive level appointments. And, it, it you know, that was the start of a very, very difficult, uh, seven year period actually in my life, you know, and, um, I, started trail- I actually started walking up and down Lion's Head in 2010 purely as a way of dealing with stress and trying to process the emotion. I find that if I'm moving and, and, and exercising and there's fresh air and beautiful views involved, I tend to process stress and goma and all the rest of it better, as most of us do. And um, so, yeah, and then it was around about 2015 I had, and I talked about it in the book as well, I had an odd expensive, paid immigration opportunity to leave South Africa through a, an incredible gentleman that I met through Richard Branson uh, when I was consulting to mercedes benz and um, this guy literally offered us a golden ticket and freed my wife and I out to Canada for about a month mm-hmm. we left our three kids at home and um, we decided against the opportunity and it was in 2016 when I you know we came back to South Africa after this trip and you know as someone who chosen to remain in the cir- in the tough and challenging circumstances that we were facing in South Africa. And as South Africans, I developed and started feeling this, this huge burden for what people are going through in South Africa. And just this feeling, this weight on my shoulders of feeling, you know, the weight of what people are going through. And more than that, wanting to try and do something in some small way to help and inspire people to realize that nothing they're facing is ever too big to face and overcome. And that's when I came up with this concept of, uh, then we called it the Four Giants Challenge. It's evolved into, I think we're on the 10th giant now, whatever. But, (laughs) um, you know, running up Table Mountain, um, the goal initially was 24 times in 24 hours. That that was the goal. And I managed 22 summits in 28 hours over two days with about 16,000 meters of climbing. And, And that was kind of when I started realizing, flip, you know what? my body actually kicks in at like, you know, fifteen, twenty hours. <laughs> so yeah, it was an interesting discovery at the age of the ripe old age of forty. Sure. And I think what led to it was asking myself that big question, you know, why? And I think it's one of the most important questions you can ever ask yourself. Why do you do what you do? And why do you want to do what you want to do? Mm. And I think for me that was kind of, well, you know what, let's let's park the ego and, and, and not make this about Jamie Murray trying to Prove himself, get on the podium, win races. Let's make it about helping and inspiring people through something I'm passionate about, which is you know health, fitness, and exercise. Uh,
0: Jamie, the book that you've put out is it? It's an autobiography, as you said, but is it something that uh, can inspire and motivate me as well?
1: Absolutely. Um, and and there's even a, a chapter at the back where I share some of the secrets of accessing superhuman strength, which may sound far fetched. Mm. But um, I really do believe that anybody can access superhuman strength. You know, if you if you put your mind to it and understand what you need to do, and I take I take the readers through, and someone like yourself goes you know, specific steps in terms of of, of um, tuning your mind in and dialing yourself in uh, body soul and spirit in, in terms of accessing uh, superhuman strength. And you know, it's interesting. Every time I take on an you know another ultra endurance challenge. It's almost as though I evolve a little bit more and, and and there's this very deep awareness and a lot of it's very hard to express and put into words, but I've done the best that I can, um, you know, in the book in terms of those, those dark moments that you go through when you've got absolutely nothing left in the tank and you're only halfway through a challenge. And I'll give an example, Table Mountain, one week before, or well, actually five days before this record attempt, which is the you know, it was a record for the most summits ever documented of Table Mountain in, in, you know, over two days, 24 hours. And I ended up with a torn membrane in my right hip socket. And I remember lying on the hospital bed with a scan and, I mean, this contraption. And I was just thinking, oh, man, been training for this thing for like a year and I still went for it, you know. And, and being able to drag yourself and push yourself through that amount of pain uh, is something that I've, I've spent a lot of time articulating in the book in terms of what I was going through and how I was able to deal with those moments. And the nice thing is that the readers can take those principles and apply them to whatever mm. they're facing in everyday life. Uh,
0: okay, so get a hold of the book. I, I love this last bit here and I, I don't know how you find time. I, I guess it, uh, that's what you do. You find time. It says here, written between daily training sessions, world record attempts, corporate career, father and husband, you managed to write a book in there as well. Why not?
1: Oh, absolutely! Well, listen, I'm mean, you've got 24 hours in a day. You don't need to sleep so many. But I get up early. You know, I'm I'm my best time, my most creative time is four o'clock in the morning. So I would often get up and write from four till six or four till seven, and then you know, load up the kids, get them off to school, head off to work, where I'm head of corporate business development for an IT and tech company, mm. and um, yeah, and then and you know what I do? I mean, it's it's all about rushing from one box to the next. I'm a box person. So it's all about completing what I need to do in, in, in box A so I can get to box B. And then I need to get that done so I can get to box C. And it's all about ultimately trying to get back home to my family and give back, um, you know, because all these stuff, or well, these things that I do, take up a heck of a lot of time. And, and my mm. family pays the price ultimately for that. So, um, So, yeah.
0: I hope there's a dedication there to my family at the beginning of the book.
1: Uh, the beginning of the book, I've de- so, so the book I've dedicated to uh, Phil Leggett. Okay, but I do no, I thought it was only fitting. But um, at the back of the book, you know, obviously in terms of the thanks, I I, I do give a very strong mention and <laughs> thanks to my wife and three kids, and they're amazing, you know. So um, yeah,
0: it's their job to love you. They have to
1: do it. Yeah, and and I, I mean it can't be easy, you know. I mean, you know, with a dad hyperactive. I mean, I'm very intense. <laughs> reading's always 200 Ks an hour down the right hand lane, metaphorically speaking. But um, yeah, I think the book has come out really well. I think there's some there's some light-hearted, funny, quirky moments, and there's some very deep, thought-provoking mm. moments. And it's really the story of a young teenager who got caught up in the world of drugs and how his life was transformed through sports into an elite athlete and the defining moments that have shaped my life from a youngster, as far back as I could remember into the person that I am today, you know.
0: Jamie Moret, thank you very much for joining us. His new book is called Determination. It should be on a good bookshelf soon.